0: Hello, my fellow Christian investors. This is Financial Advisors, say the Darnest Things. I'm your host and my mom's favorite Christian advisor, A.B. Ridgway. If this is your first time to the show, I want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill and want to learn more ways to increase your faith and increase your finances, welcome back. We have a very exciting show for you today. We have a special guest that will be joining us. And I know, I know, I know. I spoil y'all, but this is what you asked for. As the Bible says, ask, and it shall be given unto you. But before we introduce our guest, I want to go over today's scripture. It comes from Proverbs chapter 31, verse 16 through 18. King Lemuel is being taught how to pick a noble wife of good character, fit for a king by who other than his mother. And these are the words that she speaks to him. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. This woman, she describes, is no other than an investor. She finds a field and doesn't just let it sit there. She makes a vineyard to establish residual income. She works hard by her own hands. Also, she understands that trading is profitable. And she works long hours into the night, perfecting her craft. So when they say that only a man can handle money, I think God says differently. Now, What better way to introduce the dynamics of finances in a relationship and the role women play in it than to bring on our next guest? Today's blessing is a beautiful soul. As we were preparing for her appearance, we had a casual conversation. And you can tell by her presence that her soul and her knowledge runs deep in this subject. I was actually disappointed that we were unable to use any of the material From that meeting because we were able to uncover some of the secrets around money perception, the role money plays in relationships, the openness to discuss financial roles between partners and and much more. But don't worry, because today, with her permission, we are going to revisit some of these topics and bring them to you, our loyal listeners. And God put on my heart that we should change the format of this show to accommodate her. We're going to deviate from our traditional structure and allow this vessel to express herself and bring her truth around money and the pursuit of it to you. Now, you've heard enough from me. You hear from me every week, right? (laughs) It is time to allow this episode to breathe. So what I want everyone to do, I want you to take a deep breath. And let it out. And allow the spirit of the Lord to come into your heart. To come into your lungs and come into your ears on the inhale as we bring on our next guest. She is a wealth strategist, coach and consultant with Money Navigator International. She has dedicated herself to establishing a place where women are inspired, empowered, equipped and given the freedom to step into their wealth. She's on a mission to inspire women to unapologetically create wealth. Her unique mythology connects the head and the heart. So women can confidently walk their path to lasting wealth and a long legacy. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what one of her clients had to say. I went from avoidance, stress, and resignation to being passionate, motivated, and eager to take action toward great financial wealth. I went from not knowing how to tackle my debts to having an abundance of solutions to choose from to improve my finances. And with choices came power. And freedom. Thank you. Thank you for that freedom. Our next guest lives to sing. It is her comfort, her gift, and she uses it to inspire. And what you may not know by Googling her, which I'm sure you're going to do by the end of this episode, is that she listens to old time radio crime mysteries featuring the likes of Sherlock Holmes, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. She believes that there's something beautiful about seeing with your ears. And we do too. All the way from Ontario, Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Hadriana Leo. Welcome, Hadriana, to Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. How are you doing?
1: Oh, my goodness. I am doing well.
0: Perfect, perfect.
1: I'm actually per- quite flattered to hear your introduction. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Well, you're
0: very welcome. As I said in the introduction, it is a pleasure to have you on. And I want to start this conversation off by having you tell the people a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Today, because you know, I think it is a fascinating story, and I couldn't do it any justice. So I try. So thank you so much for the intro. I try to do um, you justice. So let's begin. You tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, there's so much I could share. You know what? I um I'll I'll tell you this. One of my struggles when I was growing up was figuring out what I was called to do, who I was called to be. Right. Um, and i i'm one of those people that i could be good at just about anything i decide to to be good at i'm not bragging it's just kind of how i go through life and and um one thing i did realize in going into asking for answers to who i was and what my mission was on this earth i know that i am here to inspire and it's an amazing thing because When people ask me, who am I? My easiest response is I am an inspiration. That's what the the common thread is that goes through everything I do, whether it's through my work at money navigator international, whether it's when I go sing for a a sick person or a shut in or a senior, or or if it's just me with my children walking down the street, my whole is to inspire, to bring a reason to be to someone else, so that experience that knowledge was kind of infused by all of my life's experiences. I'm a Caribbean girl, <laughs> I right. came from St. Lucia. I uh, I immigrated to Canada about 20 oh, my goodness, 22 years ago. Help me, I can't be that old. I'm wow. not that old, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you you must be, you know, uh, and just for our listeners' sake here in America, uh, raison d'être is like your reason for being. So, um, she is from Canada, so she may slip in a few uh, French words. So I'm here to translate if you if you need to.
1: Oh, you're so kind. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's part of the experience. I'm a believer that everything we go through is designed to infuse and improve are a raison d'etre. So whatever it is that you're going through, through whatever experiences that you're coming into or out of, ask yourself, how does that help you to fulfill your purpose? The reason why you're here. So coming to Canada, I had to really learn many, many lessons. Um, I've been a very good church girl, and I'm saying it that way deliberately because for a long time, my spiritual life was more about you know, checking off a list as opposed to an actual spiritual relationship. Right. Um, but being a good church girl also meant that, you know, I, I wasn't digging deep, but coming through my experiences as an immigrant, as a woman, as a black woman in a country where uh, systemic oppression is not overt a lot of times, it is very much covert, but right. make no mistake it is there. There were many things that I learned about the expectations of uh, a woman in the world of finances and some things that I had to explore outside of the way I had been churched. Do you know what I mean?
0: I understand. I understand. Like you said, we, we, we open up our, our perspective of the world, the more that we travel, the more we experience, the more that we age. So, you know, what we learned as children may not apply when we become adults. And I think that's why the Bible is so important, um, because we may read the story of, you know, Jonah and well, you know, at a young age. And then we realize, you know, the details that go behind it. Right. So it's not just about the, the three days. It's something okay. a little bit deeper than that. Definitely understand.
1: Well, actually, I've read the I've read the about the Proverbs 31 woman forever. I mean, we grew up on. You know, family life, family life, um, family life. Ministries is constantly talking about us becoming that Proverbs thirty one woman, but you having read it to me just now and said <laughs> that woman is an investor. I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> she is. She and is. This is the scripture. I mean, she is. She absolutely is, and she always has been. What 4,000 years ago? <laughs> right. This isn't new, and I'm I'm really tickled by this thank
0: you you're very welcome as, as we say financial advice from a biblical perspective
1: so i'm excited to continue learning and continue growing my uh, my work these days at least through the the coaching and the the wealth strategizing is really focused on helping women to explore you know how they how they want to interact with not just money but with wealth creation and legacy and what part they want to play as opposed to what part they've been told they should play. And right. that is a whole conversation uh, that we, we may get into deep or not today, but there's definitely lots to explore there.
0: Well, we definitely we can we can dive into that. Right. Because I'm a firm believer in establishing a foundation. Um, especially for conversations such as these, we have to agree on a certain truth, certain levels of truth. If we're ever going to grow, if we, if we disagree on what are the basics, we can never build a conversation. So I think that's great. Let's, let's start at the roles of men and women in finance, and we can build off of there. Let me get your perspective on women, traditionally, what their roles have been, and through your experience working with women um, in this scope, what, what has been the disconnect? What can women learn from what they've been taught as children, as you said, to now being adults?
1: The male was trained or programmed to be the provider and the one who provides the physical support. Though the, the woman's role was the one who provided the emotional support. So it, it, it's oftentimes we were brought up with these two distinctive roles then we see even a more defined role in that the man is, is placed as the leader in his home, as the priest in his home, and the, the wife is considered to be the one who is there to shore him up. To be his helpmeet is the word that I think the King James uses. Uh, the one who provides the support he needs to go out and to do and to be. So the woman's role has traditionally been, uh, uh, I guess, structured as one that happens in the background, one that is a supporting role and not a leading role. And I love the ideal of that whole concept. I love the idea. In fact, I was just speaking, I, I had a consultation with A client that I worked with years ago who came back to me and said, I need some help. When I worked with her, she was single. She has come back to me with a partner and a baby. And their ideal is that she wants to stay home and raise her son. Mm -hmm. And he wants to be able to take care of his family. That ideal is beautiful. Yes. Okay. And and I have to say, it's a beautiful thing. I'm going to say also the first five years of my children's lives, I was a stay at home mom. I would trade it for nothing. Right. And I won't, there's no way I'm changing that. That was precious time, but let's look at the realities of the society that we live in. I mean, even people who live in in um, rural communities, we are required both spouses to work. Right. 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 The way our economies are set up, the expectations that we have for our children, it's very very challenging to realize this without both spouses contributing actively to the financial life not impossible and i applaud anyone who is making that happen but we know that that poses a bit of a challenge uh, in our current situation the 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 realities of our lives today and it has for decades i mean i would say probably a hundred years now where you know, the, the woman going out to work has become or was becoming the norm. So the traditional roles are being challenged a bit, especially when you have discrepancies in earning power. Right. You have discrepancies in um, educational levels among spouses. Uh, and I, I'm speaking from a, a, a place where we have a husband and a wife and perhaps some children. We haven't even touched on the single parent families yet, where right. everything now is is magnified. Right. But in the scope of the traditional roles, that's what society is asking us to be. Society is asking us as women to be a behind the scenes person. One of the great examples I I, I always I always refer to is the woman was trusted to balance the checkbook. But never to vet the investment statement.
2: Right.
0: That's a good point.
1: Right. She was trusted to ensure the children are fed, the clothes are mended, you know, the meals are nutritious and delicious, which is quite a feat, let me tell you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't doubt it. I cook myself. I understand. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So it, she, she was trusted to do all of those things and still be a safe space for everyone to come to and be be given emotional support to know the right things to say, to understand and to provide counsel and, and, and be the place where I can always go to mom or I can always go to my, my wife, my baby, my darling, what have you. But it was never expected that she could Read and understand the investment statement right. that you would get some annually, quarterly, whatever, depending on where you are, whatever that requirement is. And she was also not invited to be part of that, which makes me wonder <laughs> what, where the disconnect was. Do you, well, that, that, that's how I sat there and looked at it.
0: Well, I, you know, in, in my opinion as well, I think during the conversation, we are we're developing this hierarchy of responsibility as if handling the finances is is a greater duty than raising children or that, you know, going to work and, you know, being a provider is greater than being able to clean. Right. And I think that's where the disconnect kind of comes in at is that some of those roles, they're not better than the other. They're just roles that each one plays and, and they should be interchangeable. You know, just a man should be able to go into the kitchen as well and cook a home cooked meal, just as much as a woman should be able to read an investment statement. Yes, and, and I think, absolutely. and I think that invitation, you know, that invitation to come and cook, that invitation to come and clean, doesn't really happen, right? Because there's this, yes. this fight, there's this, this this disconnect, as you said before, and sometimes men run into the same thing as far as finances to invite their their spouses um, into those conversations. Uh, me and you both, we we have a financial uh, advisor background. So we've been in situations where a husband may be on his deathbed, maybe he's terminally ill. And he invites a wife who has traditionally been a housewife for 20, 30 years. And he tries to introduce financial, you know, literacy into her life. And she kind of, she bucks a little bit, right? She doesn't feel comfortable dealing with the finances because she's so used to, Um, being a stay-at-home mom and vice versa. Men are timid to cook and clean because they've never been taught to read a a shirt tag. You know, you'll be surprised how many men don't know to separate colors. They don't know that you need to machine wash on, you know, cold or to tumble dry low. All they know is on and off, right? So it's educating them on these different roles and introducing them and not being afraid to relinquish some aspects of that role. Because yeah. I think at the end of the day, the roles are similar. We're both equally aiming at the same goal. But are we going to add more emphasis to one aspect than the other? And I think that's where relationships going to fail. Where you feel, I am more important because my role has a greater impact on the livelihood of our, of our family. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that's the first.
1: The decision making becomes very lopsided. Um, and the impact of the decision-making it affects the whole family but the burden of the decision is on one party I think that's one thing that I have had to acknowledge it as I did this work because a lot of times it may sound as if you know do you only work with women why are you working with it sounds as if it's a very feminist approach where, you know, empowering women to build wealth, actually empowering women to build wealth is a fantastic thing if they are in a partnership, because here's one thing I know. I know that many males in their relationships are begging for someone to help them manage the investments of their family, and they feel very isolated very ill-equipped to make sound financial decisions, but they feel the pressure, the societal pressure, the, the clergy type pressure. Yes. They feel that pressure to just know it and be it. And that is so unfair. It's like I said, it's great to aim for the ideal, but we are quite a long ways past Eden. The earth has been dying. We have been deteriorating from our perfect ideal state. And as a result, what used to be the ideal roles are no longer as clearly defined or as equally distributed. So Um, You know, when in the kitchen, the the lady calls the guy to pop the can open, to open the can because it's really hard. Um, I do CrossFit. Well, I used to anyways. And my children constantly needed to ask their teacher to open their flask (laughs) when I put their food in it. I have a great capacity for physical strength. My husband's still stronger. Don't get me wrong. But if you look at traditional roles, it's highly unlikely that I'm asking him to open the jar. I can do it. So does that mean I have to pretend that I can't open the jar? <laughs> no. to, in order for him to feel that he's fulfilling his role? N- no, not at all. So why can't we as women celebrate our strengths, our gifts in some other non-traditional female roles like investing conversations and strategy conversations and legacy conversations. I think our innate strengths need to be celebrated and acknowledged outside of what the traditions have been and the impact that could have on your family.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. It's the difference between equality and equity, I feel that women in general have been underrepresented in the finance industry and even being an African-American male, we've been underrepresented as well. So to have a space unique to and, and that caters to their needs is, is essential, right? It's, it's about putting the attention to where we all can grow as a society and we can reestablish some of those roles. Um, and, and in my experience, the traditional role has as you said, then based on societal standards. Unfortunately, that is not how a family should be structured. It should be structured on their ideals, on what they feel functions properly in their home. And I think a lot of people, as you said, they get pressure from the outside. I have a friend, a good friend of mine, his wife is a stay-at-home mom and he gets criticized all the time. Like, why won't you let her work? Or why won't she you know, let her have her own paycheck? And he says, I've let her. She doesn't want to. She will rather stay with the kids and she will rather, um, you know, iron clothes and, and cook home cooked meals. That's what she's good at. That's what she likes. She enjoys the lifestyle. They don't need the fancy cars or the multiple houses. They're happy as a family unit. They love to spend that time. And I think the history of it was that maybe there were some some dynamics in her prior family that caused her to say, listen, I'm going to be a staple in my child's life. Now, does that mean that she can't deal with the finances? No, he still brings her in and says, listen, tomorrow's not promised. God may call me home. And if he does, I need you to understand these things. And I think understanding that, I think women will be more willing to step up. And I'm not saying that it's a willful thing, right? I'm not saying that women are just saying, I don't want to deal with finances. But, but sometimes when you're being introduced to a new concept, you need to be comfortable and I think you and your money navigator is that that space that women can go to to learn about finance. As you said, talk about their legacy. Talk about building something strong for their family. Um, just because a male does it doesn't mean that the wife can't help. Right. Yeah, just because the wife crazy. cooks doesn't mean a husband can't walk in there and cut up a couple of onions for you. Yeah, <laughs> Make
1: us all cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's it's interesting that that the perception of what's happening inside our homes sometimes may, we feel like we need to make decisions based on how we will be perceived. Right. So I'm going to celebrate your friend and his family because they've made a decision that works for them. I'm going to I'm going to give all kind of high fives to the misses in that in, in, in <laughs> your, your friend story here because there ain't no way I'm finding no joy in ironing those <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. It's right. Just not me, right? right. But I, 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 I love to see my family well taken care of. When, so, I, when I throw down in the kitchen, I throw down in the kitchen. Right. But I know the things that make me happy. And just like in your friend's family, they figured that out and they've embraced that. And that's one thing I believe. We have been given the capacity to do outside of the Lord's commandments to us. We are free to create lives that allow us to thrive. Yes. Right. There's nothing that says that we can't do it a little differently for the sake of the people involved in that unit, that family unit. So why don't we do it differently? Right. I think I I, I think we need to explore that. Um, explore. I'll I'll say this. Sure. It's it's hard to to maneuver with any kind of confidence in a system that's not created for you. Of course right and as as a black person i know that as the moment i step outside my house and and the world sees me they immediately make certain assumptions consciously or unconsciously about who i am how i think and 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 how i view the world the same thing happens when i show up to the to, to the outside world as a woman and sometimes, in order to get the things I need done, I play into the system. I'll give you an example. When I, I, I did all this research on the last car I bought, I bought a brand new car. It was the very first time I bought a brand new car. What? What? Awesome right, right. <laughs> Uh, I researched, I looked it up, I, I, I went around, you know, anytime there was one parked in, in the mall or something, I would hang around for me to hear how it runs when the driver comes back, starts it up, <laughs> moves it out and take a peek inside. When I was actually ready, mind you, the decision's already made, the money is secured, everything's ready to be done. I asked my husband to come with me to the dealer. Why? because I did not feel confident in getting the best deal mm. because I was the woman in in that scenario and yeah. and that was the me that was me playing into a system that I could have challenged but instead I decided you know what let me bring my husband here less stress less fuss and he'll just you know he'll do the negotiating right I, I could have done it you could have I could have, but sometimes it's just, uh, it's just so much work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's why.
0: That's so much work. Well, I think that's why you have a partner, right? And, yes. and, I, and the thing is, is that in a partnership, both of you are trying to navigate this world. And just to kind of, you know, put what you're saying in perspective, you know, regardless of his skin color, whether if it's how you dress or how you speak, People are going to have this preconceived idea about who you are. Um, prejudice is real. Regardless, It doesn't have to just be racism. It doesn't have to be that deep. Um, just the how you present yourself is that if you walk out with iron shirt and iron shoes, people are going to perceive you that you care about yourself and that your well-being. If you have a wrinkled shirt and your shoes are dirty, they're going to perceive you a certain way and they're going to conduct themselves accordingly. Um, as humans, we do that, right? When we meet people and see things. There's no difference between a a Versace shirt and and some other type of shirts that's made in the same warehouse. It's our perception of that brand and what that actually brings. So in, in this dynamic, I just truly believe that men and women have to be on the same page. And it's okay if you concede sometimes or says, hey, for us to get further, I need you here. Same thing with finances. Hey, you know, honey, I need you here. With that said, I think this is a good segue here. Because I think there's a lot of listeners out here that are tuning in. You know, you may be a woman, you may be single, you may be married and you're just really glued to this conversation because it's resonating with you. You're like, yeah, I do want to learn more about finances or yeah. You know, what happens if my husband passes away? Maybe he works offshore on an oil rig um, or maybe he has a very dangerous job. And I don't know if something should happen to him, what are we going to do? And those are some questions that we really want to answer. So, um, Adriana has come here and she was gracious enough. She actually has something very special. I want her to talk about that a little bit of how you can evaluate yourself to where you are so we can get you to where you need to be. Um, That assessment, I think on your website, I believe. Can you talk a little bit more about that assessment as far as figuring out, you know, women out there and even men alike where you're at financially so you know exactly what kind of gaps you need to fill in?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think uh, the reason why I created the tool was because the way I work and the way I believe we should all be looking and dealing with our finances. I work from a place where I don't need you to try to turn yourself inside out into a pretzel to maneuver in a system that you were not created to fit or thrive in. What I prefer and why we created the assessment is to, for you to understand your innate strengths, understand who you are and how you relate to money. One of the things I see a lot is, and you'll probably get this happening as well, Lajuan. people come and say, hey, yeah, my neighbor was able to get, you know, get this done and got a return on this stock or, you know, they were able to make tons of money on this opportunity and you're like, yeah, that's the thing I have to do. You try to do it and you are miserable. You can't sleep, you can't eat, you are all over the place distracted (laughs) and you're tuned into the business, the Bloomberg and the CNN watching tickers go across the screen that you have no idea what it is. Right. (laughs) We need to tap into our innate strengths and use our strengths to identify how we will participate in our wealth
0: that's a great stopping point right here miss adrian we're going to take a break for a second um we're going to come back to that thought so i want you to hold on to that thought for me As we've discussed some great topics, um, going into it, as far as roles in the relationship and traditional versus what we need now, dual income, um, whether it's uh, domestic work or financial work is, uh, the hierarchy, right. Or, or which is greater than, um, and I'm sure you're all wondering too, as far as where you're standing financially. And I also encourage my guests, um, never to come to the show empty handed. So as we mentioned before, Uh, Hadriana was kind enough to offer you, the listener, this free assessment on her website to help you understand how you relate to money. Um, You could take this fun and simple money personality assessment to discover where your strengths lie and how you can use them to create wealth. Now, trust me, if you're going to sit down with an advisor and answer these same questions, it will cost you about two hundred and fifty dollars per hour. So go over to her website right now. Um, before it's gone or she starts to charge you what it truly is worth, which she could and should, but she's going to be very giving. So I want you to go to www.moneynavigator.ca. That's www.moneynavigator.ca. Now, remember, moneynavigator.ca for all you Americans out there, not .com. I don't want any 403 errors or 404 files not found. It's .ca. So while you're listening to this broadcast, open a new browser. I want you to go to Chrome, Firefox, Internet Explorer, or whatever you have in the navigation bar. I want you to type moneynavigator.ca, click, take the assessment, and see where you stand today. While you do that, turn up the volume as you get back to some more financially inspiring conversations with our special guest Hadrian Leo, Wealth Consultant with Money Navigator. All right, we are back and, and we've covered a lot of ground, um, but we're about to go a little bit deeper. Are, are we ready, Adriana to go a little bit deeper into some of these topics that we've been going over? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Perfect. Perfect. So we've discussed gender roles, traditional. We've talked about hierarchies. We've talked about being a participant in establishing your family unit um, as opposed to being pressured by society. We're going to move on to some different topics as far as relationship with money, how faith plays a role in your business. And, and what are some of the objections that Hadriana may hear and how can listeners overcome some of these hurdles? So we're not caught up in the same system that's not really designed for our own profit. So, Adrian, can we can we start off with that? Can we kind of start off with how faith plays a a big role in our business um, transactions that we do? You brought up a great example of of purchasing cars. Are there other examples where it should be almost like a red flag to say, like, listen, this is something we need to really talk about and communicate about?
1: Yeah, I'm hearing it a lot, especially with there are a lot of speculative options out there that a lot of our families want to dabble in and i in fact the the way that a lot of our families want to participate it's more than a dabble it's almost like a let's dive let's take everything we've got and, and and go into some of these avenues that are not tested quite volatile and may impact your family in a big way i'm a firm believer that we should not be making any far reaching financial decisions alone. If your decision is going to impact anyone else, and typically it will, I think as a family, everyone should be part of that conversation. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone, even the children, because at some point, we need to bring our children in and normalize these vocabulary, these conversations so that yes. they can hear it and repeat it, emulate it when they are having their families. I think we, there's, there's this thing where we have our faith on one side and we have our jobs on another side. Or right. we have our faith, our, our belief in God on one side and our financial decision making on the other side. It's almost as if, if you go to a typical, um, uh, a church where, okay. So in our church, we're very active with, you know, sharing testimonies of healing and the way God has come through for you. People go up and ask for prayer for healing and ask for prayer to get a job. I haven't heard anyone ever say, "Lord, please help my investments weather the recession." <laughs> Do you know? What I did? I don't know if you've heard it. Have you
0: heard? I have it? not. I have not. <laughs> I, I, you can tell by uh, how how long I'm laughing. I have not heard that at all. <laughs> I don't even yeah, know if mean, the pre the will the preacher even like approve that prayer. I guess maybe. Exactly. <laughs>
1: God to come through for us in miraculous ways for our health. We expect the Lord to send us a partner. We go into fasting and prayer and and, and, and what, what is it, sackcloth and ashes Yes. Um, in, in order for these things to happen. But it seems we take our finances, we put it in a box and we just move it just outside of the scope of what yes. God can help us manage. And our families are suffering as a result we we are missing out because i think there is a conflict in what we know money can do for us and the role we have traditionally been taught money plays in the life of a christian and it's the often misquoted text where we say money is the root of all evil. Misquoted, right, right. misapplied. And I know you've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts, so I'm not going to go into that. But why can't why can't we have God in on the family conversation where we're talking about the whole market is really falling to pieces? Let's give this to the Lord so he can shore us up.
0: Yes, I 100% agree. It says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, right? So without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Meaning if, if, if you have plans and you don't seek help, you know, or you seek many advisors, you're, you're almost setting yourself up for failure. And your advisor doesn't necessarily have to be just a financial advisor. It can be a friend. But you also have to know the limitations of the advice that you're receiving, so a lot of people, as you brought up the example, hey, my neighbor got 30 percent. So now I have anxiety because I'm focused on my neighbor as a, instead of focusing on my own finances. Right. They say comparison is a thief of joy. So instead of focusing on your family and seeking the counsel of your children, seeking the counsel of your husband or seeking the counsel of your wife or seeking the counsel of a close relative or seeking the counsel of a professional Many times we're making these decisions off of Facebook posts, off of LinkedIn memes. And I think those aren't the counselors God was talking about when he said, go seek counsel. Right. I think what he meant was that you need to find somebody who is well established in that territory to learn from to gain. And that's what this show is all about. It's about combining those finances and your faith together because money Is actually one of the biggest topics in the Bible, whether you're talking about estate planning or how to deal with orphans or or any of these. It's a a huge topic, and and God thought it was important. You know, like you said, it was misquoted. It's it's the love of money that people doesn't like. You know, that that caused people to go.
1: And many of the patriarchs that we look up to in Scripture were wealthy. Yes. Wealthy. I mean, Job, <laughs> who, who was, like, he was the man about town. Yes, he was. Abraham was wealthy to the point where he could have audiences with kings. I mean, we have... Solomon. Zam- Sol- I mean, have mercy. Right. right? <laughs> uh, and, and it wasn't just, and I think I'll, I'll say this here, their wealth was not only used to, you know, do good in the world. Yes. We see them with houses and, um, well, Solomon had the women. I don't know if you <laughs> want to replicate that. But they had material comforts that were that were brought about by the wealth that they invested and created and generated for themselves. And not just for themselves, but for generations after them. So we, I think there is this tug and where you know we want it but we don't want it we see a good example but then we hear about something that says maybe i shouldn't you know um i think it's the uh, new testament uh new testament couple ananias and sapphira um where they had promised to sell some land and give the proceeds of the of the sale to the to the ministry to the work that was happening and In doing so, when they sold the property, it's like, oh, I made more on this than I did. Like, this is a lot of money to (laughs) give to ministry. (laughs) I think we're going to just give some. Um, And when they did that, and of course, they were called out by the apostle. They tried to hedge it, what have you. They died. Okay, they died. We see what we would term as being greedy resulting in death, and we assume. Wealthy people are greedy people and greedy people do not have God's favor. Yeah. We, we, we make some connections that I think are incorrect and not just incorrect. We make some connections that do not reflect our own roles and our own mission in our communities, in our churches. What am I put here to do and how can wealth money help magnify that and that's all that wealth will do by the way just magnify what's already
0: there yeah and, and i think you know the misinterpret the misinterpretation of wealth you know it says it's it's more difficult for a camel to walk through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven and everybody i talk to they want to talk about a, a threading needle right it's like how hard is it for a camel to walk through that and it's like that's not what they mean you know there's an actual place called the eye of the needle Where caravans of camels couldn't walk side by side. They had to go single file. file. And if you have a bunch of stuff that you're carrying, material possessions, and you're trying to get to heaven, you can't make it. You got to let your load go just a little bit. Right. You have to understand you need it for the travel. You know, in the desert, you need water. You need possessions. You need to live. You need to be comfortable. But at the same time, once you get to your destination, there's a a point where you're going to have to relinquish some of this stuff to proceed. And that's all they're saying is that don't love your possession so much that you cannot walk through that eye. You know, you want to make sure that you have just enough to get you by that. God is going to provide. God provides for the birds who not reap nor sow. So he's going to provide for you. But the thing is, what are you going to do with the money? You know, sometimes I, I heard this growing up. Truly believe it. God either blesses you with money or he can curse you with money. But the, the, the thing that separates those who are blessed and those who are cursed are their intent and what they do with the assets. Yes. So money itself is not good or evil. What it does, it, it reveals the man who is good or who is evil. Yes. And that's what people need to understand.
1: I think, I think what, one of the definitions that I think is very fluid, for me anyway, in my work, is what is wealth. Um, yeah. And the when I, I did a little bit of research a couple of years back and found that when when the term wealth was initially used, it actually referred to wellness, not just money. Mm. The term was used as a, a full circle representation of being well. That was wealth and i firmly believe that we need to go back to that definition now now hear me out S- someone living let's say someone living in i'm going to i'm just going to pull a country someone living in turkey mm-hmm. maybe the wealthiest person there king of the hill top of the town i'm talking abraham like wealth great That same person, same amount of money is now taken and put into a place like London, England, and they suddenly are middle class. Yes. Right? Very true. We have these scenarios where we're looking at wealth based on a certain number and we're hyper focused on where we happen to be at the time. I like to attach the definition of wealth to purpose. I believe that you will always have more than enough to fulfill your purpose. And to me, that is wealth. So I know there are wealthy people in the projects.
2: Yes. These are. are
1: the people that have, they have chosen and understood their purpose and they they will always have what is needed to create wealth to fund their purpose as a result and i'm not uh, by no means am i advocating for a poverty mentality as a result we've seen women single and married in poverty situations build and grow and raise awesome children yes because they have tapped into the wealth that funds their purpose. And that's what the system never talks about. Why are women having a hard time maneuvering through the the financial world? Is because the financial world has always tied the metrics of wealth to numbers. Whereas as women innately, we are more in tune to experiences and doing for others the, the, the stats show it. When money is in women's hands, charities get funded yes. and communities get supported and grassroots ventures find infusions. That's the difference. And that's where I really get excited because when we really define wealth by virtue of purpose, which is a thing a woman gets. Right. I shouldn't say excludes. She does not get it. Into to the exclusion of men getting it, of course, but the softer side of being and doing is where we flourish. Now, when we can connect wealth to that, oh, there is no stopping her. Right. There is no stopping her. There is no statement. She cannot read the tickers going across the screen. Makes sense because she has a reason to tune into that information and partner if she has a partner a life partner or a business partner now she has a reason to tune into these conversations because wealth now is tied to purpose yeah oh that is inspiring for me
0: and i and i agree you know they say is is wealth is one of two things either you can buy everything that you want or that you want everything that you have
1: Beautiful. I love that.
0: So so the idea here is that I don't think that we should have to. um, How can I put this? I don't think it's necessary for us to apologize for different strengths. Women don't have to invest like men do. Statistics even show that women have better returns than men. The reason being that a lot of men think they can beat the market. Right. They have that Dunder Kruger effect. They learn one financial statement, they think that they are the wolf of Wall Street, right? And they end up losing a lot of money buying, selling, trading all at the wrong time because of behavioral finance. And women tend to be more passive investors, right? Letting it grow long-term horizons. So I don't feel like we need to apologize for the fact that men and women have different strengths, and that women don't necessarily have to invest like men, and men don't necessarily have to invest like women, or that it's even a gender role of how you invest because men can invest just the same way as a woman would, and a woman can invest the same way as a male can. But what I am getting from you, and Money Navigator as a whole, is that you've created a space, you are bringing the strength of women to the forefront and say, listen, you may not feel you can invest like your husband, but you do have power. And how you do invest. And I want to bring that out of you. I want you to feel empowered enough. To make decisions about not only your finances. But the finances of your children. The finances of your husband. To contribute to a conversation in a positive way. That's going to bless you and your family. And, and, and not just your own portfolio. Right? Where you can contribute and say listen. I do understand this. Hey I understand the direction that you want to take the family. But have you considered these? These things. We don't have to take a passive role. We can be very active and still fulfill our marital roles, which you are going to establish in your own home. You, you don't want a relationship like mine. You don't want a relationship like Hadrianus You want a relationship like yours. You want to thrive. You want to find out what God has put on your heart. You know, if I always make this, make this analogy. God can make anybody do anything. He's all-powerful. He can make you worship him from the point that you're born to the day that you pass away. But what has God given us? He's given us free will. But why would he give us free will? Because when he gives us free will, when we choose God because of who he is, he understands that's true love. And that's what I feel that relationships should be able to give their spouses. I'm not going to tell you what to do in finances. I'm allow you to have free will for your choice to come in here, and I'm gonna an embrace you. You know what they say: if you take, if you walk toward the Lord, He's gonna to run to you. And I think that's the same role that men need to play as far as women. If they take that one step, they need to run to that woman and say, "Listen, I'm here for you. I'm here for support. We can drop these roles, and we're gonna do this together. Because when I win, you win,
1: and our children win. It's a beautiful partnership. Because it is the the ripple effect of a stable family where everyone is honored and celebrated and all of us operating under the banner of our God the the, the almighty provider that ripple is spectacular we get to impact people positively that we probably will never meet until we probably meet on the, at the pearly gates right it's it, it, i think we, we're missing out on these opportunities because we're, we're we're constrained a little too much but the freedom has always been there and and I like your I like what you said Elijah one if God can give us the freedom to yes choose, <laughs> <laughs> I think we can let and our spouses we give that why can't we give that to each other and yes. and, and share and grow together and I don't want to alienate our single ladies out there or even our single men. Sometimes the support you need is coming from a professional or from a girlfriend or someone, that advisor that we spoke about in in Proverbs 15. Sometimes you need to go and find that village of support. It might not be innately created for you in your family structure, but go out there and do it. Believe
0: that you can. Yeah, and let me do, and let's do this um in light of the information that you're providing. I think that would be good um, because we have de- dedicated a large portion of the show to um, married couples, partnerships, family units. So let's take five minutes and we're going to give, you know, we're going to give a very intense five minutes. So I'm, a, I know you've given me a lot. I really appreciate it, but we're going to squeeze you just a little bit, Adriana. We don't know if we're going to get you back here. Um, you know, I got, I got a surprise at the end of the show, um, that I'm going to share with you and, and, and people who are listening, but I want to, I want to focus on, like you said, that single unit, you know, that single parent out there who maybe doesn't have the support system, uh, who maybe doesn't have somebody they can call when they're buying a car. How do we empower them? How does money navigator take them and transform them their lives so they can take, you know, they can take control of their finances when Traditionally, they've been taught that a man should do it. So now they feel empty or they feel like they're inadequate to to um, take advantage of it. So can you talk a little bit to that?
1: Yeah, one of the things I, I actually had a consultation with a young lady who she is single. She is trying hard to manage her money well, and she is actually a bit intimidated by her capacity to make money because she is concerned that if she makes too much money, it will it may alienate the spouse, the God-given spouse that is there for her, waiting for her. And mm-hmm. it was interesting to have uh, to hear that perspective. It wasn't one that I had considered before in my work. It is so true that our single women out there are trying to create lives where they can live fully. And independently, but still be that Proverbs 31 woman who is, you know, the supporter and the, 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 the one that's the person that someone can lean on. Um, for the single women out there, I, I don't, first things first, there's nothing wrong with the state that you are in now. So let's establish that being single does not mean that you are any less than, or that you're missing out on anything. You are fulfilling your God-given purpose, even in your single hood. Yes. So let's be clear about that. The impact that you get to create does not get turned on or switched on when you become a couple the work that you need to fund, to create, to fulfill that purpose does not get turned on when you you find a partner. It is still your responsibility as a single person to fulfill that God-given purpose. And as a result, one of the things that I like to share with uh, my single ladies is this. You have everything that you need to thrive. Right. You have access, not just to money, but to all the supports that you need to thrive. So what do you do? I don't believe, well, Depending on your personality, you might be the one who's going to take the system on head on and change it and and advocate for change. And you might be the one giving the rally cry and blasting the trumpet. (laughs) If that's not you, understand that you can still explore your gifts, you can still explore your strengths and you can still have the results that you want from your finances As a single woman again the key is not to try to change the system understand the system understand the rules of the game and adjust your strategy so you can win so you may not have a husband to take with you to the car dealership like I did but if you feel that you have to go in with someone and sit with someone take your brother Right. Take your uncle, take your dad, if you feel that you need to. Perhaps you can even negotiate the deal without ever setting foot in front of somebody before they even realize, oh, that's a lady, and, and and the hijinks begin. There are so many ways. Once we understand the system that we're in, that we can now get creative and play to win, and that's what I think. That's what I think a lot of our sisters need the the the, con- the preconceived notion that has been pumped into all of us I, you don't know how many women tell me i've never been good at math i don't do spreadsheets i can't do this and i'm like how much math do you think the typical <laughs> advisor sits there and does anyway right right i mean right. we have systems for that we have software that takes care of all of those things the the, the real the real i guess the winning elements of wealth come down to what is your objective yes. and what vehicle can best get you there.
0: Yeah, That yeah.
1: is not yet a math conversation.
0: I had a recent post and it was about debt management. And the idea was, I was talking about the avalanche technique and some some other things, but I also talked about savings and what saving $14,000 in a savings account does versus contributing $14,000 to your 401k with no match versus 14,000 compared you know, contributed to your four hundred one k with a match up to let's say five percent, and you're getting eight percent return or whatever it may be, and the numbers are astounding. The same fourteen thousand dollars can do so much for you in different vehicles, depending on your risk tolerance, things of that nature. So, what I want to address to the single women out there is this: is that when you know those things and you're on the inside, you can make better decisions for you in your life. I want. I like the example that you said, "Hey, bring a brother." Just because you bring him doesn't mean he needs to talk. You can do all the negotiation all you want. Just having them in that chair will maybe send a different signal to the person behind the desk. You do all the negotiating. You make sure you get a good deal and everything's fine. Um, yeah. So but I think the, the most thing I want to tell everybody here is that you want to seek financial advice first. Seek a counselor. So Adriana is a financial advisor who's going to provide that safe space for women to feel more empowered to manage their finances and take that next step. And man, you're not excluded from this, but the idea here is that you have to find your own strength. You have to find your own dynamic that's going to work for you. Right? Adrian, is there anything else that you want to share with them before you go? Um, I know everybody's kind of biting at the bit. They want they're probably on your website right now, you know, opening up that that navigation bar, that Chrome, that Firefox and they're typing in moneynavigator.ca to see what you're all about. Um, where you're, you know, what kind of information they can get and, you know, more about you. So what, where can they reach you at?
1: Well, you, uh, I think everyone's gotten my website, www.moneynavigator.ca. Just look up on your favorite social platforms. Money Navigator will bring me up or money navigator. Not no, money navigator CA on TikTok. I'm, I'm, I don't know about this TikTok. Thing, but <laughs> my social media marketer.
0: People don't be afraid. Busy. Don't be afraid of TikTok, right? You just told you just told all the women don't be afraid of finances. You can't be afraid of social media. I,
1: I'm I'm being brave. I'm being brave. But yes, you know what? I think I think if anything that I will that I will that I will share today, it's this. Bring God and yes your your experiences with him into your financial experiences do not exclude him yes he does not judge you and he's the best one qualified to do that let me tell you yes but do not do not take your money your 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 heartaches your losses your concerns and put it to the side and say well you can heal me Lord from, from, from my, 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 my health struggle. But I think I just have to grin and bear it with this money situation. The same way the, the Lord's Prayer has invited us to forgive others as God forgives us. Yes. We need to forgive ourselves for our past financial mishaps, mistakes, just poor decision-making. Sometimes we just didn't know better and sometimes we knew better and we didn't. allow that same forgiveness, allow that same love and allow that same insight to flood your financial experience and bring it all in. Yes. Bring your wealth conversations around the, the, the table where we talk purpose, infuse it with that relationship that you have with God. And watch yourself, your family, your community thrive.
0: That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Hey, Joanna, you have been a wonderful guest. I just want to thank you again uh, for coming on and blessing us and everybody who's listening to you, you right now. I, I want them to get this before you go. Yes, you have a very high IQ, but more than that, you have a very high EQ. So you can find a lot of advisors who are smart. We have, you know, we have industry standards and tests that we we have to take and knowledge that we have to know, but you're going to get more emotional quotient where she's going to help identify who you are and bring that to the forefront. So you're not getting a cookie cutter here. Even this show right here, she did not just drill down dollar cost averaging and avalanche technique and, and debt management. She really went into who you are as a person. So when you meet with her, you're not just going to crunch your numbers. Here, here, where's your W-2? Where's your 1099? You know, blase, blase. What you're going to get is you're going to get somebody who actually cares about you and your relationship to finances. Because it's not the numbers. It's how we feel about those numbers. And, and hopefully during this show, that's what you learned. So I hope that you've been blessed. I want to thank our guests once again for coming on and blessing our podcast with her wealth of knowledge if you're listening and you want to connect more with Adriana, she's giving you her social media, but I also want you to go to her website, www.moneynavigator.ca, and schedule some time on her calendar. Uh, the conversation does not have to stop here. I'm going to say that one more time. The conversation doesn't have to stop here. There is so much more we can unpack um, when it comes to money and our relationship with it, but if we're going to change your financial outlook, you will need more than a one-hour podcast. So sit down with Adriana and start changing your life today. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to share it with your friends and family. Email us and let us know what you think, because at the end of the year, this is a surprise I've been telling you about. We may bring back some of our guests for a group discussion, a year-end review to see how life has been treating them, how has their experiences been, and maybe some of their perspectives have changed. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss future events and guests. All links will be in the description below. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a 100% virtual platform and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com, click on Christian Media, and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing.
2: Daddy, are you done yet? Almost. Why? Demise Isaac come inside?